0: So under here, these conditions fall under the respiratory system. So you look up for me, O2 therapy, pulse oximetry, nebulized aerosol therapy, um, meter dose inhaler versus dry powder inhaler, DPI. You have chest physiotherapy, suctioning, tonsillitis and tonsillectomy, nasopharyngitis, croup and allergic rhinitis. Now, you want to focus on the nursing management or interventions for these conditions because the ANCLES is mainly concerned about what would be the role or what are the roles of nurses with these procedures. A patient who is being suctioned, how long it takes to put a suction machine in and put it on, how long it takes to create discomfort. You know, look at the timing. What do you do when you're doing a MDR, meter dose inhaler? How do you do the procedure? What's the step-by-step procedure? You to know, look at this and check it on YouTube and other websites to look at how it's done. How do you provide aerosol therapy, nebulized treatment? What do you use? Some machine can use antibiotics, about. Some can use um, bronchodilators. Some can use um, other like a uh, chromoline medications to provide the aerosol therapy. With the machine when you're doing pulse what what is the normal pulse oximetry What becomes an abnormal one that will cause a line? Those are things at when patient has lesopharyngitis. What do you do as nurses to manage this patient? It is in the book. You want to make sure you put more time in looking at those nursing management as well as the treatment for these conditions. Any question on them? a question on them? Meter dose inhaler versus what? Meter dose inhaler versus dry powder inhaler. TPI is dry dry powder. Dry powder inhaler. And you have metered dose inhaler. to therapy there will be some other consideration when you are providing the patient with o2 therapy What are the What are the measures you put in place to prevent other complications like uh you want to make sure setting clothing is not in near the o2 that might cause fire a lot of things you can do next to the o2 they're all in the book if you look at them in there we also have some audios in there that talk about these therapies in our or these 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 therapies for tongue what is tongue what is how do how, what is the better for the patient who going for tongue selectomy after the surgery what do you look out for what do you want to prevent in the case of patient having tongue selectomy those are things you want to make sure you look at what food the patient would take what do you want to like assess after the time selectomy surgery you want to look at those things to so make sure you know them well so asthma asthma is uh, a chronic inflammatory disorder of our airway uh, that can cause intermittent and reversible airway obst- airflow obstruction in the bronchioles uh, when the airway is obstructed it leads to um inflammation sometimes it can be called by inflammation sometimes it can be called by other things that are packed uh, that that are like a station in the airway then uh that could cause like like you have foreign body in the airway it could cause systemic reaction that will cause vessel constriction so that's why in asthmatic condition we will make sure we administer bronchodilators will administer mast cell stabilizer will administer corticosteroid medications and at some point in time we can even administer other, other things uh, like uh, like, other, like sometimes we can give some other medication because when you have asthma they supposed to lead to, to a lot of different conditions now asthma has trigger and asthma is also um it can also be a genetic disease like it runs in the family it could be due to allergic reaction from the environment it could be environmental allergens it could be like you have indoor molds cockroaches and it's ant- uh, and their antigen dust or you have dust mites you have like a like for the outdoor you have like the grass grass can cause can 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 stimulate um asthma you have like uh the pollens trees shrubs moles air pollutants weeds all those things can cause asthma to come on they can all cause asthmatic attack then you have an like, exercise we have what we call exercise induced asthma we have like an irritant like cigarette smoke other smoke can also irritate the system and we're going to have asthmatic attack some medication can also cause Asthma, like aspirin, aspirin can cause asthmatic attack. You have NSAD medications, you have uh, the aspirin can cause asthmatic attack. You have um, NSAD non steroidal anti inflammatory medication, they can cause asthmatic attack, um, like ibuprofen and other things. You want to make sure also to check for those medications, like animal hair, their hair, or animal dander. Um, like you have like a beta blockers beta blockers beta blockers can also cause asthmatic attack, so all these can be so when a patient has asthma, you want to avoid these medications because they 're not gonna help them they will to just create more exacerbation for the condition um like you have like a strong feelings like anxiety, fear, anger, long laughing, crying. Can also stimulate asthmatic attack, and you can have those problem coming in. You want to make sure, um, like when the patient has some GI condition, like GRD condition or gastroesophagus reflux disease, like when they have tracheoesophagus fistula, all those can also cause asthma to be stimulated. Like when the patient has food allergies, sulfur, um, sulfites, and other things, they have like a Endocrine factors like their menses, pregnancy, thyroid hormones, or thyroid gland, any dysfunction in those different hormones endocrinally, it can cause us to have stimulated, or to have the stimulation of the airway, which can cause asthmatic attack. When a patient has asthma, you're gonna have wheezes on auscultation. Wheezes is one of the sounds you're gonna hear because the airway will be like narrowing and then for air to pass through the narrow airway it makes a it, there'll be a whistle sound being blown we just call wheezes whoa we'll that. that's one of the common signs sort of asthma wheezes um we can also have um um cough cough can be coming asthma you have this short cough and it's non productive you have dyspnea dyspnea is one of the cardinal signs of asthma they're gonna have dyspnea because their breath cannot reach, they cannot exhale, and inhale regularly. That will cause them to have dyspnea. Um, they can also have possible crackles. They might have crackles, um, crackles in the lungs. Sometimes, when they cough, they might produce mucus. Sometimes there's no mucus, but at the times there can be mucus production with asthma condition. They can also have anxiety, they will be sweating. They will have anxiety that they are about to die because they're not breathing well, they're going to be sweating um, Or diaphoresis. they're going to have profuse sweating They're also going to have uh, they will use accessory muscles to breathe They can talk about the diaphragm So the diaphragm is an accessory muscle that asthmatic patients use to breathe diaphragm it is necessary, no matter we use our lungs to breathe. But when you have asthma, you cannot access your lungs to breathe well for you. Your diaphragm comes into help, which becomes an accessory muscle that helps the lungs when the lungs is not fully expanding and contracting. Then, uh, when there is an asthma condition, why the laboratory tests we run for the patient? The first thing is, what do we do? Can someone tell me the laboratory test? What's the first test you want to run for a patient who has asthma? What test do you run first? Excellent. Hmm? test test, a I'm not hearing you. So we do chest x-ray for them Okay, we, we, yes we can do chest x-ray it's, That Is is correct But it's not the first test you want to do It is part of the test you do for them, you do chest x-ray So let's put them chest x-ray I think we do the best, the best test for more than the asthma it's got the best little So what test we will do? Of, uh, 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 the... The test, it test where you need to blow to know the, the level of the So how do you call that test? I don't know. We call it peak test. Okay, so so do the peak. We do the uh the peak test. The peak expiratory flow rate. The peak, yeah, peak expiratory flow rate test. Peak. It's called the peak peak expiratory flow rate. Ready. the PEF apparatus is done to check the peak test it measures the amount of air that can forcefully be exhaled with one with one brain that's the that uh, that's the peak. that's the peck test we are doing in one second each child would need to establish person their personal best so the rest take good deep breath and blow the breath out to see how what strength how many level of volume of air they can breathe out in one second? We we'll check that, they will do pulmonary function tests. Pulmon, I'm gonna put up here the pulmonary function test. The reason I'm putting it out, up out there is uh, it is the most accurate test to diagnose asthma, the no asthma severity. The pulmonary function test. It's the most accurate test we do to diagnose asthma and to know to what extent it is severe. That's why I'm putting it up there. Then I will move ahead. We also do the bronchial propagation test. Uh, we expose the bronchial to metacolin or cold air or histamines or we we'll do an exercise challenge. All those things can be done on the bronchoprovocation test. We do the skin prick testing. We test the skin, we prick the skin to check for allergies that can check on the asthma. And we're gonna do the chest x-ray. We'll do check x ray. There will be a hyperinfliction or hyper expansion and infiltrate that are seen on the lungs x-ray. Those are things we'll do, and those are things we want to expect to see on the results. For asthma patients. Want to assess the breathing patency, want to assess the respiratory rate, want to assess the symmetry, want to assess the effort and the use of other accessory muscle, want to assess the breath sounds in all lungs field, want to monitor for channel of breath, monitor for wheezes, want to monitor for audible uh, wheezes, and also monitor for dyspnea. Um, if a patient has asthma, and you check for we, there is no wheezes. what happened to the patient? Is it a good sound or bad sound? It's a bad sound.
1: Why is it's it a bad, bad, bad,
0: bad, bad, bad son. Son. So, when no wheezes, is a serious problem because that means they are that the air sacs are like damaged so when there is no wheezes with a patient having asthmatic attacks it's not a good sign for a patient who has asthma that means there's a severe constriction of the alveolar meaning the alveolar are like getting damaged that's why we're not hearing wheezes. so it's not a good sign for a patient who has asthma so remember this very well um then we check for the cbc and and chest x-ray results do the possible A B when when do the A B G? What country are gonna have in abgs Gs? Hmm? So where does asthma fall on eh? Why you choose ask ask as this? Why? The person will be retaining all so in asthma condition, they will have respiratory acid that's true because it will retain CO2. And then moreover, every condition that leads to airway obstruction will fall on a respiratory acid. When the airway is obstructed, you have acid in the lungs. Um, in this situation, this okay. acid in the lungs they, they cannot go out. So the acid are trapped in the lungs. So in here, you cannot have them going out. So the, of the lungs is obstructed. So this acid can build up, they can cause, uh, this O2, CO2 can build out CO2 in the lungs. So this CO2 will build up, cause increased acid, which will be acidosis. So any area of obstruction is respiratory acidosis. When the body cannot put out CO2, from the, through the lungs, that means the patient is going into respiratory acidosis. Let's remember that very well. Um, you want to make sure initiate IV access, uh, you maintain calm and reassuring demeanor. Uh, patient will be anxious. You yourself you can't you can be anxious. When the patient is anxious. They're going to lose hope. You give the appropriate vaccination to the patient and you put in prompt medical intervention. You prescribe. You administer antibiotics if it is fish crabs those are the most important thing for asthma what remains for asthma is the medications what medication can we use asthmatic pharmacology what can we do with medication in asthma uh, we have an audio in there about asthma oh, if you're to the audio you'll see a lot of medication in the but i'm going to go over this because i want to present on this who have asthma they would take bronchodilators that's one they would take bronchodilators that's one two we can give them um, anti inflammatory medication anti inflammatory medication or agents three we can also administer um all right so we have these two medications so we can administer um bronchodilator and anti-inflammatory we get, we're getting like antibiotics sometimes you can take antibody depending on the condition now for the bronchodilators so you have three Groups on a bronco that it does. Group one, they are the short-acting. They are the short-acting, bitter agonist. They are the short-acting, bitter agonist. So we call them the server, the, the server. They are the S A B A, so they are all called the Saba medication. The S A B A, saba. So group one is called saba S A B A. They are the short-acting beta blockers. What are the example on here? What are their functions? One, you have for them, you have like a the abidro, the abidro, the tabitaline and the liver butyrol so you have one on the here you have one the abudura. you have the liver butyrol and three you have the turbutalin these are short acting medications meaning these medications are very important when it comes to rap when kind of acute asthmatic attack Acute means the ones that come abruptly without warning signs, or it might come a severe a needs Prompt management, if not, patient might lose their life. That becomes the acute medication. Now, these ones are the four honor broncho dilators. But in asthma, the broncho become constricted, so you need a medication or sort of action that will like open the airway. So we call the bronchotilators Do they have the first type are the Saba the short acting bronchotilators They include the arbiteral, the liver arbiteral, and the tabutolin. Then we have the next group, group two on here. The group two are the long acting, the long acting. Beta black, uh, beta agonist medication. We call them the long item is LABA, so they are commonly referred to as the lava medication, the LABA, L A B A, the long item beta blockers. That's how they are called, the long item beta blockers. These medications are example. You have one, the formitiro, formitiro, two the sabutamor. These are the long acting medications. You have the sabut, uh, the sabutamor, and the formitiro. These are the long acting medication. These medications, they are very useful to prevent asthma exacerbation to prevent asthmatic attack whether at night so they can be used uh to prevent an asthmatic attack if you are going for exercise and you are an asthmatic patient you usually take the long acting medication to stay with you for longer hours to prevent asthmatic attack while you are out there which is like you have the exercise induced asthma this can help you to prevent those medication those those induced asthmatic condition now this medication they do not treat acute asthmatic attack so if someone is having asthmatic attack on the scene this cannot help that patient it is the short acting will be able to help the patient to, to relieve their acute attacks the long acting are for preventive measures that's why they are called long acting. Like you have the long acting insulin. So, these are the two group medications under the bronchodilators. Now, you want to go ahead and look at these medications one at a time and know a lot about them. For the end class, it is not all medication that we have to know, but the most known ones are the ones that are frequently used for the most frequently seen conditions. Asthma is a common condition that is seen in every part of the world. So you want to know the in and out of asthma treatment. Then we'll move to the anti-inflammatory medication. I'm sorry, the third, the third one over right here will be group three. I'm sorry, not two, group three on right here will be the cholinergic medication, cholinergic medications. Now, these medications they are called the antagonist um, they include, you have the atropine and the ipratropium. So this medication are the atropines, the atropines and you have the ipratropium. Ipratropium are the two examples for the, for the, sorry, for the medication for the colonization medication, the atropine, and you have the Epra they are example for the um cholinetic agents. Now, these medications, um, for this medication, uh, the patient should wash out for tremors and tachycardia. Why that when i taking a beauty raw, um, they got to the chart for hypertrophy and atrophy can cause dry mouth. They are the most common effect, side effect for these called medication. They can call dry mouth. So those are the three. Group medication are for under the bronchodilators or the broncho that the other inhalers. Now, then we have the anti-inflammatory medication. For this medication, they are. Four or three different. There are three or four group of medication under here. For group, the first group under here, group one. You have the corticosteroids. The corticosteroids. The corticosteroids. And this, uh, because when you have asthma, we we'll say there will be inflammation, there will be bronchoconstriction there will be mucus secretion. So there are three things happening in. This condition there will be obstruction due to inflammation or due to mucus piling up in the airway. Now, so under here for these medications, they are anti-inflammatory agents, they'll be given IV. Um, they're gonna give them both IV and PO. Example include the metal prednisolone, metal prednisolone. Um that's one it could be also um we can also have like another example is the pernlone itself or the floticaone castle you have castle and you have pernislone. These are examples for the corticosteroids. Another group one anti-inflammatory agents. Now you want to look at this medication in detail, each one of them. For these medications, um, they are given PO or IV, they are oral steroids, they should be given for short time. You do not get steroids for long times. steroid for short time because they have other side effects like the bones, they create bones uh bone fragility. Um, and it also, get, it also affect other body. Like, when there's when you no know, antibiotic, they decrease the effect antibodies, antibiotics, and they also try to, like, uh, increase when you're taking a lot of other like insulin medication, it also affect the insulin. So, that's why they give up a short day, and it can also cause increased body weight or fatness for the patient when they're only for a long time. That's why it's for short term corticosteroid, are for short term treatment for any condition. Then, uh we have the next group. We have other group one on we have the liquid train modifier. The group two the group two on here, group two, they call it the, the liquid train modifier. The liquid train modifier. Now these liquid train modifiers, they are a group of medications. Example include the multiloscar. So one of the example under here, I'm going to read it up. Here you have the Monty Luska, the Monty Luscast. The Monty Luscast is an example for the liquid trim modifier. You also have what we call the Zafir, we call it the Zafir Luska, Zapharuska. The Z A F I R L U K A S. Zaphora Luska it is another example for the mod for the mod for the leukotriene modifier these medications um, they are needed to also help to reduce the inflammation that will occur in the in the airway the next group of these medications the, thir- the third group is what we call group 3 calling the calling uh, the mast cell stabilizers Mast cells M-A-S-T mast cells stabilizer stabilizer now these mast cell stabilizer I'm gonna write it up here for these mast cell stabilizers a sample for them is the chromoline you want to read on crumoline C R O M O L Y N Crumoline Crumoline is a mast cell stabilizer when there is Pollens or there's allergens inhalation, the body reacts and produce the body produces mast cells that will interact and will create other airway irritation. So we need something to come in like a medication to create that stability. So what comes in to create that stability is called the mast cell stabilizer. Example is the chromoline When you have asthma, the last of these medication is called the monoclonal antibody uh antibodies the monoclonal is the monoclonal uh antibodies these antibodies i'm going to put them up here example is what we call the name is higher but it's called the Omal omalizuma oh my it's o m a L I Z U M A B the Omal zuma zoomab it is one of the medicine we use for um asthma now when there is an allergens in the system the allergens and the body's where blood cells will come together and they will fight they might produce the body will recognize as a foreign body so when it's recognized as a foreign body that body reaction will produce antibodies that the body does not need so those antibodies becomes foreign agent we need a medication that will come in and create that neutralization of those antibodies that would be the omalizumab medication which is a monoclonal antibodies um we might combine two or more of these medications to administer them in the case of severe condition like in the case of corticosteroid we can combine corticosteroid in the long acting the lab medication to arrest an asthma situation or to maintain an asthma an asthma attack free starter of a patient want to observe the oral mucosa for infection want to assess for weight for blood pressure what is for like elect- like elect- elect- the glucose growth with corticosteroids corticosteroid because for the glucose, uh, when a patient has a glucose problem with this medication, it might impact the glucose metabolism. What's better for the corticosteroids? Patient needs to rinse their mouth when they use corticosteroids inhaler. They need to rinse their mouth after every use of corticosteroid inhaler because they're gonna have some wet patches in their mouth or redness. Um, and this must be told to the doctor. If they have any wet package in their mouth, or any redness after this medication, it is a serious uh, sign of complication coming in. They need to report it to the doctor, to the HCP. It is not a regular sign. Um, teach the patient how to use the peak flow meter. The child, the child should, be, should be taught how to use it look at the formation look at the pattern we use to use the peak flow meter on youtube the child should stand up first. the first thing the chance the child should uh first of all it should be at zero the marker on the peak flow meter should be at zero the child should stand up then uh, we make sure we remove the gum or the food from the mouth then we we check around also and uh close the lip tightly around the mouthpiece to ensure that there is no tongue occlusion, or there is no occlusion and will blow as hard as quickly as possible into that mouthpiece We repeat this test three times at least 30 seconds after every attempt We teach the patient and family about how to use this uh, at home We provide education regarding infection control promote good hygiene and good uh, preventive measures safe environment for the patient uh, patient can also have a huge complication for this asthma condition that we will call status asthmaticus status asthmaticus yes they are talking about status epilepticus today is status asthmaticus it is a complication for asthma patients this complication is a life-threatening complication there is an airway obstruction that is not responding to treatment so we've given all the medication and to the patient still having airway obstruction this becomes a complication that cannot respond to treatment this requires medical emergency there will be wheezing there will be labor breathing there will be nasal flaring there will be lack of air movement in the lungs there will be use of accessory muscles to breathe. There will be uh, distinct jugular veins. And there will be risks of cardiac arrest in the situation of status asthmatic. It is so dangerous, so severe, it creates panics for the patient. It makes you feel that you want to die. With this situation, for the nursing management, you make sure you put an O2 for the patient because they cannot breathe. And make sure they be on O2 saturation until they can stop having these attacks. Place them on, on, on continuous CPR monitoring. You administer three nebulizer treatment of any beta block or beta agonist medication for over 30 minutes. Give them apatropium bromide, which are named on the board, that falls on a, um On a, uh They call it... They, they call it Calling the, uh, the allergic agents you want to also make sure for these patients <coughs> you obtain iv assets monitor the abg and the serum electrolytes you make sure you give the patient uh, or you you, you 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 prepare for emergency intubation tracheostomy if they cannot breathe they keep in their situation you have to create tracheostomy for them <coughs> they're going to help them to to breathe i would call so-called mechanical ventilation when they cannot breathe by themselves we make sure we provide them with magnesium sulfate to decrease the inflammation and help the pulmonary function and increase or improve the, pul- the, the, the 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 peak flow rate then we can give helios helios is a mixture of two different air it has helium and it has o2 in the air to help them to stabilize the breathing for the helium, it can be administered through a non-rebreeding mass. I repeat a Helios H E L I O X Helios can be administered through a non-rebreeding mask at this stage if you don't know the kind of mask meaning you, you got a problem we look at this mask over and over know what mass can be administered or what O2 therapy it is important to know that what having amount of air each of those masks can produce. You have, you have the nasal cannula, the simple face max the rebreather max the non-rebreather max Those four fall under the low O2 delivery system. Then you have the high O2 delivery system, where you have the um, the oxygen tank, the aerosol max Those ones fall under the high O2 delivery system. You have the O2 hood each one of those marks delivers different amount of O2 with different concentration for different patients and we we'll have discussed those things in this class and they are in there in our audio but they are also found in the Sanders um these are things you do for the patient <clears throat> and uh, you check for, 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 for hypoxemia which could be a sign of a failure any question any question?